0: Hi, everybody. It is Friday, May 12th, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. We read all of the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. TGIF, everybody. It has been a week, or maybe it's just me. Thanks for hanging in there with me while Moshe's overseas. We have got another news-packed podcast coming up, including a report from Moshe, who happens to be in Israel on the latest round of fighting in the area. And then later in the show, I'm going to be joined by Dana Pollock, the CEO and founder of Dana's Bakery and author of the cookbook by the same name. It's also Mother's Day on Sunday, so we'll be getting some of her tips for everybody who is hosting. And we've got some last-minute gift ideas. But let's get to the news. Backlash for CNN over its town hall with Donald Trump on Wednesday night. How the network's defending its decision to host the former president. Charges expected in the chokehold killing of Jordan Neely on the Manhattan subway. As I mentioned, Moshe has a report from Tel Aviv on the latest violence in the Middle East. An update on debt ceiling negotiations. A meeting that was scheduled for today has been delayed. Why that's not necessarily a bad thing. Twitter has a new mystery CEO. The next time you go to the Wendy's drive through, it may not be a person who's taking your order. Is it a cold, COVID, or allergies? Well, this year there's a good chance it's allergies. Why allergy season is getting longer. And Dolly Parton's out with a rock album, and she is collaborating with some of the biggest names in music. Tell me everything. Plus, we've got On This Day in History, and it is Friday. We'll take a look at what we are watching, reading, and eating this weekend. Dana will be weighing in on the latest cottage cheese craze. All right, let's start with the big media and political story. The backlash continues for CNN over its fiery town hall with Donald Trump on Wednesday night, in which he continued to say that the 2020 election was stolen from him. Mocked Eugene Carroll, who a jury just found was abused and defamed by Trump back in the 1990s. He wouldn't say if he sides with Ukraine over Russia in the war, and at one point he called the moderator Caitlin Collins a nasty person when she asked him about the classified document scandal. Take a listen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah. What's the answer? Can I? Do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple that you are a nasty person, I'll tell you. So as you heard there, the audience, which was made up of Republican and undecided voters, seemed to be loving every minute of it, clapping and even laughing as he mocked Carol and insulted the host who was trying to fact check him in real time. Some of the criticism on Thursday from Bill Carter, former New York Times media reporter, he wrote on Twitter, "This thing was madness, total madness, like giving a microphone to drunk uncle and saying, go for it." Writer James Fallows tweeted, "This is CNN's lowest moment as an organization." Even CNN's own media critic Oliver Darcy wrote on Thursday, It is hard to see how America was served by the spectacle of lies that aired on CNN Wednesday evening. We at Mo News heard from a ton of people in the Mo News community who felt the same way. We did also hear, though, from some who thought that CNN made the right decision. The network's new CEO, Chris Licht, defending the decision to broadcast the live town hall. On a call Thursday morning with CNN staff, he says he is aware of the backlash, but there is so much that was learned about what another Trump presidency looked like Licht said that while we all may have been uncomfortable hearing people clapping, that it was also an important part of the story because the people in that audience represent a large swath of America. Licht said that the mistake the media made in the past was ignoring that those people exist, just like you cannot ignore that President Trump exists. He said, we all know covering Donald Trump is messy and tricky, and it will continue to be messy and tricky, but it's our job. Now that is according to a transcript of the call obtained by the New York Times. According to Nielsen, by the way, the town hall was watched by 3.1 million people, more than three times what CNN typically gets during that hour, but it is still way below previous election cycles. One of the questions that we got on the Instagram account, why was the audience only made up of Republican and undecided voters? The reason for that is because he's currently running in that Republican primary, so it makes sense to have the people who could potentially vote for him uh, be in the audience. CNN, meanwhile, said it picked who would be in that audience the same way that it has done for past forums with candidates. A network team had traveled to New Hampshire where the town hall took place and then coordinated with local organizations to find people that they thought represented the voters. Regardless of what you think of Trump or CNN's decision, buckle up because this was a preview of what we can expect from this next election cycle in which Trump is currently the Republican frontrunner. Okay, now to an update on the subway chokehold death of Jordan Neely from The New York Times. Daniel Penny, the 24 year old Marine veteran who choked and killed Jordan Neely on the Manhattan subway last week, will be charged with manslaughter in the second degree. He is expected to turn himself into a Manhattan criminal court this morning. As for that charge, a person is charged with manslaughter in the second degree when they recklessly cause the death of another person. As a refresher on this story, Penny encountered Neely on an F train on May 1st. Witnesses told police that Neely had been shouting at passengers, threatening them and saying that he didn't care if he went to jail. He didn't get physically violent, though. But that is when Penny placed him in a chokehold for about 15 minutes, killing him. Penny's attorneys have previously said that their client was protecting himself and others and never intended to harm Neely. Sources telling NBC New York that the decision to charge Penny was made by the D.A.'s office in consultation with the NYPD. Now, it's still not clear if the D.A., Alvin Bragg, intends to pursue charges against the other two people who were seen restraining Neely while Penny had him in the chokehold. There have been protests in New York since that incident demanding that Penny be charged This is certainly a controversial one. Neely is a homeless man with a lengthy criminal record and a history of mental illness. And I was reading some of the comments on the Instagram post about the charges on the Mo News account. Some people saying Penny overreacted. They're glad that he is being held accountable. Others, though, are defending the Marine veteran. They say that he was protecting his fellow passengers and pointing to the fact that Neely had 42 prior arrests, which include assault and that things could have escalated very quickly. By the way, some of those arrests, though, were also for lower offenses, like carrying open alcohol in public. Certainly a story that we'll be following here on the podcast and on the Instagram account. We have got tons of more news after the break, but for now, a word from our sponsor, Athletic Greens. I've been using their AG1 supplement in the mornings. The Athletic Greens AG1 powder, it's just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. Easy, quick, and lets you get on with your day. Knowing that you have gotten over 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals, it also has pre and probiotics to support digestion and gut health. With your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving MoNews listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and buy free travel packs of AG1. Visit athleticgreens.com slash monews to take advantage of the offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription or try it one time for just a month. Again, athleticgreens.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, for this special deal and really start to take ownership of your health. All right, time now for the speed read. Let's start overseas with the latest round of fighting between Israel and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in the Gaza Strip. More calls for a truce from the international community, but at least as of this recording late Thursday night, the violence seems to be escalating, potentially making a ceasefire harder to reach. Heavy rocket fire from Gaza has now caused the first Israeli death in this latest round of fighting. Palestinian officials say 29 Palestinians have been killed and more than 90 injured in Israeli air raids on the Gaza Strip since Tuesday. Moshe is in Tel Aviv right now on a reporting trip amid this escalating conflict, and he filed this report late Thursday from Tel Aviv.
1: Hey, Jill, I am wrapping up my trip to Ethiopia and Israel, where I happen to be covering the Ethiopian Jews who are immigrating to Israel Upon landing in Israel, I happen to be arriving as we are seeing the worst round of violence and fighting between Israel and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorist group in Gaza, uh, which began just pre my arrival, and we're now heading into its fourth day, as I record this, uh, in Tel Aviv. I'm about 40 miles north of the Israel-Gaza border, just to give you context. The entire country here between the Palestinian territories and Israel is about the size of New Jersey, so everything is pretty close. Uh, Even so, though, in Tel Aviv, about 40 miles north, it feels very different from what's going on at the border. So let me give you a sense of what's happening here. Again, I'm in Tel Aviv, Israel's largest city. So here's the state of play as I record this on Thursday evening. In Tel Aviv, where uh, right now the count is more than 500 missiles and rockets have been shot from the Gaza Strip. They, of course, have the intention, Islamic Jihad does, of hitting civilians here on the Israeli side of the border. Uh, Notably, Israel's air defense system, including one that it's called the Iron Dome its anti-missile system, has been 96% successful, according to authorities here, meaning 96% of those rockets that have made it across the border have been intercepted. There has been some damage, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Life here is very different uh, than what's happening at the border. Israelis close to the border, within a few miles there, within about 10 miles of the border, are living their lives within 15 to 30 seconds of a bunker. And so that means uh, schools are happening uh, close to bunkers. Things are canceled down there close to the border of the Palestinian territory and Israel. Meanwhile, up here, about 40 miles north, uh, life proceeds as normal. We have uh, typically between 90 seconds to two minutes to get to a bunker if the sirens go off. Uh, Right now, it appears the rockets that are being shot off are all short range rockets that don't quite make it here, uh, though there have been sirens here in the past 48 hours. But let's back up here for those of you who have not been following the story. This latest round of fighting, a war becoming hot again, was touched off last week when the leader of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group died in an Israeli prison. His name was Qadr Adnan. He went on a food strike, self-initiated food strike, for 87 days and died. Now, food strikes, hunger strikes are a very common thing that have been seen in Israeli prisons in recent years among Palestinian political prisoners. By international law, authorities are not allowed to force feed prisoners, but typically they'll end their food strikes uh, as they become very weak. In this case, Adnan went all the way here and is the first death from a hunger strike that this country has seen in nearly three decades. In the aftermath of Adnan's death in prison, Palestinian Islamic Jihad vowed revenge and began launching missiles from the Gaza Strip territory. Israel then responded by assassinating multiple Islamic Jihad leaders in strategic strikes uh, beginning over the course of the past few days. That's included a strike earlier this week that took out a couple senior members of that militant group and their families. They happen to be next to their families at that moment. The latest Israeli airstrikes in the Gaza Strip killed two Islamic Jihad commanders on Thursday, including the head of the missile unit that's been directing the missile launches into Israel. Right now, the death toll in the Palestinian territory uh, has rose above two dozen. Most of them are fighters, but there have been a handful of civilians killed, as I mentioned, the wives and children of those militant commanders. And there are several more. Uh, The question is, what are they attributed to? More than 100 of the 500 rockets that have been launched from the territory have uh, misfired and fallen back on the Gaza Strip. Uh, So authorities here say that several of the civilian deaths are due to misfires from the Islamic Jihad group. Right now, one in four of all rockets launched from Gaza are misfiring and falling back uh, on their own territory. Keep in mind, many of these rockets uh, cost between 300 and 700 bucks to be made and are not very uh, advanced. Right now, uh, there are multiple international efforts to stop the fighting to broker a ceasefire. The Egyptians, the Americans, uh, Qatar are all involved in trying to broker a ceasefire here. Uh, There are a few demands being made on the Palestinian side. Islamic Jihad, the group wants the return of the body of the hunger striker from an Israeli prison. They also want Israel to promise to stop assassinating uh, leaders from the group. And they also want Israel to cancel celebrations next week uh, around the holiday of Jerusalem Day, uh, which uh, typically is marked uh, in the city of Jerusalem. So those are the demands on the Islamic Jihad side. Israel, of course, has one demand, uh, which is stop shooting rockets. Uh, onto the Israeli side of the border. So we'll see in the coming hours and days if they're able to strike that accord. Uh, The Israelis have uh, had some victories here on their end by taking out a number of these commanders in this fighting. Of course, the Iron Dome system also been very successful this time. Islamic Jihad, to the experts that I talked to, is looking to have some sort of victory Uh, With these rocket launches so far, they haven't seen it. So they want something to be able to declare victory with. And that is always what concerns the Israeli side here. As uh, I continue to record this, there have been uh, four rockets fired in just the past three minutes, not anywhere near where I am in Tel Aviv but about 25 miles south of here. So that's the situation here right now. People can follow my continuing coverage over on the Instagram account as well as the Mo News Premium Instagram account. I now have two apps, two new apps on my phone that send alerts when a missile is incoming. They're similar to weather apps, just something else to be worried from the sky. Most Israelis have these apps. Uh, they geolocate where you are and will send you a note if a missile is headed your way. And again, we'll also tell you how long you should be away from a bunker right now where I'm sitting. Uh, it says I have two minutes to get to a bunker should a missile uh, siren go off. So uh, we're all alert to it, but it's really remarkable, Jill. You know, was out to lunch today with friends. Uh, people continue to live their lives, at least where I am. Again, just 40 miles from the fighting. And a question I've been getting a lot on Instagram and I'll just end with this. You know, people are, do you feel safe And I compare it to really living in the US and uh, being concerned about a mass shooting. Like you don't stop living your life. You go to the grocery store, you go to the shopping mall, et cetera. You just become more hyper aware of your surroundings. And that's the case over here. Um, I know, you know, it it feels different, but really to me, it feels the same living in New York City, you know, being concerned about something happening on the subway or a mass shooting of sorts. Uh, It's something that is in the back of your mind, sometimes more in the front of your mind, but you continue to live your life So that's it for now uh, from here in Tel Aviv. I'll be back uh, in the U.S. uh, this weekend and back on the podcast daily next week. Looking forward to being back, Joe. All
0: right, Mosh, thank you for that report. Stay safe over there. Um, Mosh had to go into a bomb shelter at one point on Thursday. He and everybody that he was with were okay, but he documented that experience on the Instagram account. um, And it was a fascinating look at what life is like on the ground. All right, a quick update now to the debt ceiling drama from CNBC. The debt ceiling meeting slated for today between President Biden and top congressional leaders has been postponed until early next week. Biden was set to sit down with House Speaker McCarthy, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. The big four, as they are called, while the leaders left their meeting on Tuesday with little progress to show. But a source tells NBC News that this delay is actually a positive development, saying, quote, meetings are progressing, staff is continuing to meet, and it just wasn't the right moment to bring it back to principles. From The Verge, Twitter has a new mystery CEO. Elon Musk announced plans for a new Twitter CEO, but hasn't said who it is. In a tweet on Thursday, Musk said that, quote, she will be starting in about six weeks. Musk will instead assume the role of executive chair and chief technology officer overseeing product and software. Now, according to Puck News, the new CEO will be NBC Universal advertising executive Linda Yasserino. You might remember Musk put out a poll in December asking followers if he should, quote, step down as head of Twitter. And he promised that he would abide by the wishes of the crowd. The majority said yes. All right. Before we get to our next story in the Speed Read, I want to bring in our guest today, Dana Pollack. She is the CEO and founder. (laughs) Hey, Dana. She is the CEO (laughs) and founder of Dana's Bakery which was pretty much the OG of online direct-to-consumer bakeries. They specialize in gluten-free desserts that are amazing. Dana, so glad to have you on. Thank you, Jill. So good to be
2: here. Hello, everybody.
0: (laughs) And admittedly, Dana is a friend of mine outside of this podcast. I just want to mention it just full disclosure, um, Dana. I believe in (laughs) total honesty here. A lot of stories, though, that I wanted you to weigh in on as a business owner, a mom, and uh, of course, a professionally trained chef the list goes on.
2: Thank you, Jill. Um, I'm pumped to be here and excited to dive right in. From Fortune
0: Magazine, Wendy's will begin testing an artificial intelligence-powered chatbot next month that will talk to customers and take drive through orders. The company says the system, which is powered by Google Cloud's AI software, will be as natural as talking to an employee and has the ability to understand speech and answer frequently asked questions. Wendy's is one of several restaurants incorporating AI and automation to improve customer service while also grappling with labor shortages. And drive throughs have surged in popularity during the pandemic with the chain saying 80% of its customers prefer ordering that way. The CEO says that this creates a huge opportunity for them to deliver a truly differentiated, faster, and frictionless experience for their customers. The chat bot, by the way, is going to have a female voice and will be able to understand requested items that aren't phrased exactly how they might appear on the menu. So, for example, it will know that a large milkshake Dana, I would love to get your take on this. Moshe and I have been talking so much on this podcast about AI and chat GPT and how it's gonna be changing so many industries. You are a business owner, you have dozens of employees. Do you envision using AI in any capacity?
2: So customer service is one of the most important roles for any service business. It's the first person that your customer is engaging with in any business. So I feel like this is a really big risk Having a robot (laughs) be so, like, literally having a robot be so hands on with your customers. But if it works, the risk is definitely worth the reward because I know that your number one expense in any business, especially a small business, is your labor. And if you have a machine, a robot doing all of this, it's a one time investment that just pays for itself over time. Um, So my mind's a little bit blown. And I'm really curious to see how it goes, and if anything, like if all else fails and the robot is a total flop, it's still a great sales tactic. Mm-mm. It's still a great sales tactic because you know, even if you don't eat fast food, <laughs> you are going to that drive-through <laughs> just to see if you experience. could trip it up, <laughs> just to see, like, what does it look like? What, what's the, like, how does it go down? You know. What does she sound like? Interesting
0: that they picked, want to know. So that they picked a woman
2: for the voice. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it, for sure.
0: For Maxios, allergy season has been lengthened by about 15 days on average between the years 1970 and 2021 in about 200 cities across the United States. This is according to Climate Central, a nonprofit climate news organization, And this is based on the number of days between the last freeze in each spring and the first freeze each fall, which is essentially the window where allergy sufferers really feel it. So that longer window means that plants have more time to flower and release pollen, which is what causes allergies. According to Climate Central, the longer allergy season is tied, of course, to climate change. According to the study from 1990 to 2018, pollen counts increased by about 21 percent nationwide. The greatest increases were in the Midwest and Texas Some cities are really impacted. Like Reno, Nevada, allergy season is now 99 days longer than it was in 1970. Oh my God. That's crazy, right? Of note, allergy seasons are actually shorter in a handful of cities like Denver and Charlotte. Dana, I'm kind of always on patrol for people who are sick and I try to stay away from them. And this year, I feel like everyone was sneezing and and everyone who was sneezing would turn around and be like, it's not COVID, I'm not sick, it's allergies. And of course I would... Never believe them, but maybe I should have.
2: Maybe, maybe they were onto something. (laughs) Maybe they knew before the news broke that allergy season is the new pumpkin spice latte and it is just starting earlier and earlier. It's you know it's one of these things where they say don't they say that you have to start taking your allergy meds like your Claritin or your Zyrtec a couple of weeks before the season officially starts if that's the case when are we supposed to be starting because (laughs) my car has been covered with green pollen for weeks now and I've truly been suffering since I moved out to the burbs and I'd love to get a handle on it because you know I just I suffer Um, it's new for me and I don't like it one bit. From Good Morning America,
0: Dolly Parton announced that her upcoming album Rockstar will be released later this year on November 17th. It is her first rock and roll album. It includes nine original tracks and 21 iconic rock anthems appearing on the album with her. Miley Cyrus, Chris Stapleton, Pink, Brandi Carlisle, Elton John, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and Lizzo, and the list goes on. So Dolly Parton hosted the Country Music Awards last night with Garth Brooks. And she also premiered the
2: first song on that new album, World on Fire. I love Dolly. <laughs> Dolly can do no wrong. And I feel like Dolly is kind of like the Benjamin Button of performing artists. You know, she started in country and now she's going into rock. Most people start in rock or something, some other genre, and then they end up going country. And I just love her. You know, she does so much for, for everyone else. She donates money. She has all these amazing charities. Um, And did you see her on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, rocking out with all those people on stage, including Rob Halford from Judas Priest? Did you see it?
0: I I did not.
2: (laughs) You didn't see it? Well, I will send you a clip. The leather looks good on her. You know what I'm saying? She fits the mold. She can pull anything off. I love that Dolly is timeless. She's totally the
0: Benjamin Button of music. Uh, Really quick, favorite Dolly song? Um, Jolene,
2: hands down. Totally. I've got my... daughters and my, my niece trained on it. We like, we belted in the car. Jolene, for sure.
0: Okay. Time for on this day in history on May 12th, 2008, a magnitude 8.0 earthquake struck beneath a mountainous region in South central China, buildings toppled and 70,000 people were killed, including thousands of children, and sticking with China, tomorrow, May 13th, 1989, approximately 2,000 students began a hunger strike in Tiananmen Square. Now, onto some pop culture. On this day in 1994, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Could you Dana, that soundtrack, I feel like it was the soundtrack of my youth in a way.
2: It is such a great soundtrack and I will forever be doing those hand motions totally. with the with the hands over the eyes and the little dance. The
0: Uma Thurman dance, totally. Yes, so good.
2: And on this day
0: in 2004, model actress Allie Landry filed for an annulment to her marriage to actor Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell because of infidelity, Dana, less than two weeks after getting married. This is not what we would normally cover in this section, but I was doing- AC Slater. I, know, I was doing research for it and I just thought, what? I I, I never knew it, this. Those dimples had me fooled.
2: Is anything sacred anymore? <laughs> I mean, if he could fool us with those dimples, I just, I don't know. I don't feel safe.
0: <laughs> All right, it is Friday. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Time for what we are watching, reading and eating this weekend. I'll kick it off. I'm going to be watching The Fablemans. That is the semi-autobiographical story based on Steven Spielberg's life. I wanted to see it in the theater, but I just didn't get around to it. And now it's out on Showtime,
2: uh, so I can't wait. What about you, Dana? So when the Knicks are not playing in the playoffs, because that is the top priority of our household right now, um, we actually started watching this show called Poker Face. It's a Peacock original, It's about, it takes, I've only one episode in. Okay. So I heard it's really good. Um, The first episode was awesome. It takes, I'm like, let me tell you all about the first episode. (laughs) It takes place in Vegas. Um, Natasha Leone is in it. Um, Adrienne Brody. There's a bunch of other people that apparently come in like Chloe Sevigny. Cool cast. um, But there's suspense, drama. It's funny. And so far, so good. So that's what I'm currently watching. All
0: right. As for what we are reading, I'm going to be reading a profile of Elizabeth Holmes that was in the New York Times. She was the founder of Theranos and is supposed to go to prison soon for a slew of financial crimes and defrauding investors. The piece is called Liz Holmes Wants You to Forget About Elizabeth. The black turtlenecks are gone. So is the voice, apparently. (sighs) As the convicted Theranos founder awaits prison, she's adopted a new persona, Devoted Mother. So this piece has gotten a ton of criticism for basically
2: being PR for homes. So opposites attract, and this might be one of the reasons why I love you. Your book selection looks a lot different than mine. My library is about 10% self-help and um, business books. And the other 90% are smutty romance novels. And I am like a... A uh, proud um, patron of Audible, so I'm currently ping ponging between Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, it's all about creating um, habits that will just set you up for f- success in your future. because Who doesn't love that? And then my smutty romance, um, fun read, is from Lou Cove with love by Mariana Zapata. And I have to tell you, I'm struggling a little bit. It's pretty awful. (laughs) Um, I somehow ended up on the side of book talk because it was like the hockey, um, like playoffs. So I have all of these book recommendations of hockey and ice romances, and I tried it and let's just say, I think it's going to be a fail, but those are the two that I'm reading right now. You have a book club, right? I do. I, um, crush about three books a week And I post all of them on my personal Instagram, which is the business Instagram is all of the baking and the Dana's Bakery stuff. But my personal Instagram is all of the book club, the food, the kids, the family life. And what's more family life than smutty romance novels? (laughs) And it's all on there.
0: (laughs) Okay, now to what we are eating. I'm going to be eating anything
2: you tell me to eat. So what is on the menu for you this weekend, Dana? (laughs) I don't know if if you guys know about this cottage cheese craze that has just taken over social media, but everything seems to be made out of cottage cheese. So, of course, I need to try it all. And I'm now saying officially, you heard it here first, cottage cheese is the new kale. Kale was Everything a couple of years ago, and um, now it's cottage cheese. So the other day, I made a high protein. You know why everyone likes cottage cheese? Because it's high protein, right? It's Ah, like. Ah, so that's the draw. That's the draw. So I'm always. I'm always trying to sneak protein into my diets, my kids' diet, because they, you know, as much as I cook and I make a lot of food, we have a garden in the backyard. They're like chicken nuggets, pizza, pasta, um, which essentially does have some protein in it. But if I can make them ice cream that has 21 grams of protein in a serving, you know, I'm eating it, and then they're going to want to eat what I eat. So I made ice cream out of cottage cheese. I made. Pasta with a pink sauce and the pink sauce was made with cottage cheese instead of heavy cream it was actually really good and my kids devoured it. I've posted them all on my personal Instagram and if you want to check it out, it's at it's Dana Pollack. a little redundant. Oh you're one of those it's Dana Pollock <laughs> It was Dana Pollock was taken. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Desperate times call for desperate measures, but it works. Um, And it is Mother's Day, of course, on
0: Sunday. I follow you on Instagram where you're always entertaining. You make it look so easy. I know you're a trained chef, but for the rest of us, any tips
2: or tricks if we're hosting this weekend as I am? First of all, we should not be hosting, but I am too. (laughs) So with that being said, um, I treat... Mother's Day when I'm hosting, like Thanksgiving, I do as much that I can the day before because the day of, you just don't want to be bothered with setting the table, food prep, any of that stuff. So that would be my number one thing. Any food, anything you can make ahead of time, just do it the day before. And then everyone's always going to ask you, what can I bring? And most of the time, you know, we're like nothing, I've got it covered. (laughs) But on Mother's Day, assuming that it's like family or friends that are coming over, tell them what you need. I always make I say, I ask, I don't make, I ask my sister-in-law, Jen, hi, Jen, um, to bring a crudite. Cause although I know how to cut vegetables and I can make a nice one, it's busy work and it's super labor intensive. So it's just easier if someone brings it, um, to my house. So that would be my, that would be my pointer.
0: I think that that's great advice, actually, not just for mother's day. I think in general, if you're hosting and people say, what can I bring? Tell them. I know because I'm usually a guest. Right. I just moved to this house. We kind of just started hosting, um, so I'm new to the hosting game. Right. And when I am a guest, I actually do want to be told what to bring because
2: or else I usually just grab a dessert. That's like that's Even fine. If it's dessert. That's fine. But I mean, I'm not going to make wine. I have enough wine. I don't need you to bring me wine. And although I appreciate it, it's probably not a wine that I want to drink. But anything that you can do that's going to make my life hosting a little bit easier, I'm going to jump on that. So it's on you if you don't tell the people what you need because nine times out of 10, they really do want to help you and and they'll step up. Great advice. And data for Teacher
0: Appreciation Week, I included some gift recommendations um, that teachers had actually asked for and I got a lot of good feedback on it. So this Mother's Day, uh, what do you got
2: in the way of gift recommendations? So gift certificates are going to be the obvious, and they're also the easiest to do. But I think the key to making it successful is getting a gift certificate for something that you know that she loves or her hobby. If she likes to get a massage or she wants to get her nails done, get the gift certificate from a place that she actually frequents. If she has a hobby like axe throwing or going to see the theater, whatever it is, get her a gift certificate there. I love a good gift certificate as long as it is done correctly and it's, you know, for a place that I that I would be going. Do you like getting flowers? Um, I feel like Miley Cyrus when I'm going to say that I buy myself flowers. <laughs> I love tulips. So like I'm always just buying them and putting them in the house. Um, I like them if it's the right type of flower. I don't really like stinky flowers. So if it's like not a tulip or it's something that's super stinky... I like say that I like it, but I don't really love it. I would much rather a gift certificate or like a dessert. You know, I'm I'm a big dessert person. I love the sweets.
0: I'm kind of meh on flowers, which is why I asked you, because I love them and I love having flowers in my house and it puts me in the best mood. Right. But then that day six or seven and they start to die and get smelly. It's, it's work. You're kind of like, what do I even
2: do with these? Or is that just me? No, it's not you, but you know what flowers I love the most? Flowers that come not on Mother's Day, my birthday, or after a theoretical fight. I love just because flowers, because that is when the flower means the most to me, when I'm not buying it for myself. Self-love all the time. But if it's coming from my husband um, or like just in general, I think that women really or people really appreciate flowers just because. That's my favorite flower.
0: All right, Adam, I hope you were listening. Adam is Dana's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. Um, And happy Mother's Day to all the moms, the mother figures out there. Dana, you and I are both moms. I like to say it is the hardest and best job in the world. It is. You
2: are correct. It is the most challenging yet rewarding (laughs) job on the planet.
0: Okay, you have me
2: beat. And I wouldn't trade it for anything else.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, Motion, and I put together a special Mother's Day edition of this podcast. It's going to be out later today. We interviewed our moms, tons of fun. Dana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
2: Where can people find you outside of this episode? You can find the bakery at danasbakery.com. We ship nationwide. And then if you want to follow our social channels, Dana's Bakery is the business account. And my personal account where I do all the fun stuff and all of the baking, the cooking is at It's Dana Pollock. Don't forget the it's.
0: (laughs) All right. A big thank you to everyone for listening to the Mo News Podcast. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Review us in the App Store so we can continue to grow. Call us 1-800-711-MOSH, M-O-S-H, and follow us on Instagram at MOSH, M-O-S-H-E-H. Guys, thanks for sticking with me this week. We've had fun. There's been so much news. MOSH will be back, though, on Monday. Uh, And again, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Have a good weekend.
2: Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.